0: What's up, everybody? It's Free Association on the Sportsnet Podcast Network. Two things are missing today. One of them is not my enthusiasm. I'm stoked because my buddy Vivek Jacob is here. So Donovan Bennett is missing in action. He's in Mexico. Again, Donovan, (laughs) honest to God, I've never met anyone who I've spent more time with than Donovan Bennett that lets people into their life less. Like this guy, it's, you'd think he's a secret agent. Like <laughs> you think he's on the Americans, like season eight or whatever that Donovan Bennett is just like, no comment. Uh,
1: he goes where he wants when he wants,
0: no comment, everything. <laughs> I'm like, are you a dad now? He's like, maybe His <laughs> <laughs> and he loves doing this move. He loves going like, why do you care? I'm like, I don't know, man. Just cause like friendly conversation. Yeah. And he, it's not just day. me. I know some people think that he hates me and whatever. Um, I've seen it in the YouTube comments. Uh, he does this with everyone. Like every person I ever see him where is like, "Amal, our producer. he be like, what are you doing this weekend? He'd be like, why do you care? <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? What are you up to, Donovan Bennett? Reveal yourself. And then the second thing is missing is we, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, but someone stole the free association sign that we hang in the studio, which is like right here behind us. I'm guessing that this is the time where I do like the... Uh, what I, I always think it's called gold case, but it's not. That's the 30 rock version of it. What was that deal or no deal? Yeah, oh, okay. I'm always like, I picture I'm one of those like girls who's like, and you're a prize <laughs> <laughs> right now. That's how I look. This, there's just this sportsnet raptor sign because someone wanted a piece of history and they stole the free association sign. Wow, so we're that's gonna pat you down shocking. when you leave today, just All so right. you know. Yeah, I mean, like everyone's on notice. There's now. a joke there, but I won't make I it. I mean, everyone is. <laughs> Uh, I'll feel bad if you say I'm too sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. Thanks for coming in today. It's good to have you. We uh we chatted briefly about NBA All-Star weekend, but I think we have to start there and just I wanna discuss some of the things I liked, some of the things I didn't, which is very, very few, but I think we need to start with do you want to do it chronologically? How do you how do you want to do it? You're the guest. I I I'm doing a horrible host job. I'm like, what do you want to do? How do you want to? <laughs> because I feel like the biggest story is the takeaway is yeah. is the All-Star game itself and the Elam ending more so than anything
1: else. So like, did you love it? Uh, cuz I loved it. Yeah. Like I couldn't how, believe how, how much I loved not? it. How could you not? How could you not? When you when you have the best players in the world on one court, you want to see them go at each other. You want to see them sort of fight for whatever prize it may be and so those possessions in the fourth where Giannis is taking on the challenge of defending LeBron and saying hey come at me Mm -hmm. stop calling for these switches come at me loved it right and then he blocks him blocks him twice Mm -hmm. blocks Anthony Davis I mean that block at the rim there is no way he had no right getting to that ball and then you see the replay, and he actually beat LeBron to the
0: glass. Live, I was also in agreement that it was a goaltend, because I'm like, of course it was a goaltend. How could it not be?
1: Yeah. So for him to make those plays defensively, and you could see everyone wanted that final shot to make that bucket and have that moment in... Everyone, there, other I, I, <laughs> everyone other than James Harden. Everyone other than James I mean, technically, he's the only one yeah. that made the shot. <laughs> yeah. Passed up a wide-open layup as a left-handed shooter, though. Thank you, uh, Mark Davis, for sort of sem- semi-saving Kyle Lowry's all-star <laughs> legacy. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine how many times that would have been replayed over if mm-hmm. Mark Davis doesn't call the offensive foul there, mm-hmm. and it ends with Lowry on the ground as Harden drains a three? It would have sucked. Yeah. So... My biggest lasting takeaway from this thing
0: is I love NBA All-Star Weekend like I always have. It's something that from a young age, uh, like my dad loved Larry Bird. And so I remember hearing the stories about the three-point contest and the stories of who's coming in second. That's like one of those things that I don't understand how everyone knew about before the internet. I guess they had papers, but (laughs) there was like this myth propagated about Larry Bird at the three-point contest. So I always cared about it. The first player I ever fell in love with was Sean Kemp and – he had his performance at the slam dunk competition. It's like, that was it for me. Like, it's like that sealed, like seeing that thing is like a big moment. All-star weekend itself, like the actual all-star game, knowing who was in it felt like it was really important as a kid, like knowing who the best players in the league were. So yeah. I've always been an apologist for it and someone who watches it. Whereas I don't watch the pro bowl. I can't watch more than five seconds of the NHL all-star weekend, like the skills or anything. It's all so unbelievably brutal. The NHL solution this year was like, We're going to shoot pucks from the rafters down at the net bod. And the NBA's like, Aaron Gordon's dunking over a guy again. Like, (laughs) okay, it's cool. Like, no, you're definitely close in terms of how good the weekends are. But the game had become in this place where it was kind of boring and guys, even the myth of guys locking in for the last few possessions usually wasn't true because the games would generally be out of hand by that point anyways. And Toronto was like actually a really horrific display of that where it was just like, nobody cared. Nobody was in. I think that, Giannis Ateneckumbo setting the like actual standard of play for mm-hmm. the stars down the stretch of him just being like, "Hey, if you don't care, I'm going to embarrass you. Yeah. Like I'm going to block LeBron James multiple times, yeah. and LeBron James is going to care about this." Yep. Yeah. Two was just that the elam ending and getting back to that is, I think it made every basket feel so much more important. Guys, knowing like there's no, "Hey, we can't let anything slip and slide here." Like, where are we at with the score? What is it supposed to be again? You just saw that with the defense. Guys really cared more about possessions. They're moving the ball a little bit more. Guys were a little bit more hesitant to shoot. I just yelling thought it was refs. perfect. Yeah, yelling at refs. Chris Paul, I thought, was going to get a technical. <laughs> I was like, are we going to see a technical? See, also I was gonna... calling for it. Yeah, You're he's on like, the side. <laughs> of course he was. He jumped up and he did the, like, I can't believe it move that we all do, which is, like, for whatever reason is tied into being a human. If you yell at a ref is to, like, point one finger, hold it above your head, and then swing it violently down. Like, that's... Something that we're conditioned to do. Uh, Maybe Malcolm Gladwell will do a book on that, like how (laughs) the reasons why we react the way that we do to referees. But that made it so interesting. And those final few possessions and trying to get to that actual number, the actual quarter lasted, I think, 40-plus minutes. Yeah. And pretty much everyone's feeling was universal, which is it ends on a free throw and everyone goes like, damn, I wanted that to last like at least another five.
1: Yeah. For me, I was thinking, you know, just change the rule where – it's you check ball and yeah, that's and it, that's the move just play going around forward wheels, for sure, right? Yeah. Just check ball and you go at it again. Someone else had an interesting idea. I saw it online was okay, if you get free throws, every free throw you make decreases the opponent score by one. I so think they're that's more likely further
0: away. I think that's more likely because if you're encouraging guys to like foul, foul. to extend yeah. the game, yeah you have the like Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant moment where it's like someone's nose gets broken and then it's like, okay, cool, it's ruined for everyone.
1: And that's the other thing too, right? With that level of defense to get off a shot in the first place. I mean, when you have Joel Embiid and Giannis and Kyle Lowry and Pascal Mm -hmm. Siakam on one end and then on the other end, you've got LeBron and Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard, like every possession that team Giannis had going down the floor, they were like, hey, where's James Harden? <laughs> this is the only way we're going to score because every, everyone else is just a locked down defensive monster. And so I think that's what made it so special. And I think, you know, part of why I think, you know, and, and again, the ratings conversation is a much bigger conversation. But at the end of the day, I do think fans enjoy seeing some level of resistance. Right. Like when you see how physically gifted these athletes are, they do want to see almost that little bit of sort of clashing. And so when you had that with Giannis and LeBron and you had that with Kawhi going up against Siakam or Anthony Davis going up against Joel Embiid, those are the moments that I think fans enjoy from a defensive aspect as well. And I think, you know, we get to see plenty of that in the playoffs and but we don't really get to see it anymore in the regular season. Mm mm-hmm our friend here at made a really good point. So I want to steal
0: it because that's what I do when people have really good points. I just steal it. <laughs> like normally I don't even give credit. That's why it. I just come on the show. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This isn't being recorded. I'm just going to grift this and then Donovan's actually going to come in and we're going to do the real version. Um, she just said that in the load management era, especially where you have guys like Kawhi who have said, listen, these are regular season games and I'm sitting back to backs and There's just so many fans even at this point. There's so much narrative about who's playing how many minutes and are you trying too much at the end of a game? And like, should you just kind of punt on this situation? Blah, blah, blah. That, yeah, the regular season has less trying than it's ever had before. Like, we're going to get into Raptors' second half storylines, but one of the best things about the second half is that the two seed for both teams matters, or both conferences matters so much. And it feels like we're actually going to see some teams maybe push for some seeding and not do load management and actually really care and have some games where you have to tune in night in night out. And actually you're going to see maximum effort from these teams. And to have an all-star game where it's like, one, you are skeptical about an ending and how it's actually going to work out and whether it's like, come on nerds, like really, we're going to do this. We're like, we're going to screw with the ending of a basketball game Two, where it's notoriously low effort. And so you're expecting kind of a garbage product anyways, or at least not a high level one. And then to have it exceed it by that much with those two things tied together. I just think it was such an unbelievable treat for Raptors fans. And there's this whole thought process of like NBA players don't owe you anything now. Like that's so pervasive in sports culture now, right? Like that, Oh, they don't owe you something. Kawhi Leonard doesn't owe you playing basketball games. It's like, well, actually like, Kind of he does. And then you have to like duck from a brick. It's like, yeah, I don't want him to go into a war zone, but I do expect that if he's going to make a max contract in basketball that he plays when I pay for tickets to go see him play the Lakers. Like, is that too much to ask? That, you know what? It's cool that these guys gave the fans something. And I don't care what it was derived from. I think it was a multitude of reasons, the ending throwing guys off, Giannis setting the tone, the Kobe Bryant award being on the line, him having done that knuckleheads podcast where he basically said the All-Star game has to be better. uh, The kids being in the crowd, basically whooping it up. How could you ignore kids that are about to win a hundred thousand dollars plus if you make a shot? Like I thought that was an amazing element done by it. It came together with this perfect confluence of events and I couldn't believe the emotional equity I had in it. Mm -hmm. And I know that the Raptors had a couple of guys there and, And they're playing Kawhi, so I cared a little bit more than maybe if it was just the average year. But I really hope that this lasts. And that's kind of the next one is like, do you think it does? Do you think that this is all those things I just mentioned make it this like one-off special experience or that moving forward, it kind of like dissipates a little bit and and we don't really see that and it becomes a sliding scale back to what the norm has become?
1: I think you've hit the nail on the head because for me, the underlying theme of the weekend was the fact that. When you make an effort, when you care, the fans will care too. And you look at the way Friday night plays out with, you know, the Rising Stars Challenge. No one cares about that game anymore. No. And you look at Aaron Gordon and Derek Jones Jr. caring about winning that dunk contest. And you saw the disappointment with Aaron Gordon. You saw the disappointment with fans. They were truly invested in it, right? Fans... Whether it's a regular season, the playoffs, whatever it is, when they invest their time and their money to watch these basketball players play and do what they do best, they want some kind of ROI. They want some kind of return on investment. And for them, that is seeing these players give it their all. And so that night, Saturday night was special because Aaron Gordon, Derek Jones Jr. gave it their all. They went at it. Even when it went to overtime, they tried to come up with whatever they could. And they genuinely felt like Aaron Gordon got robbed for what he put in. Yeah. And then you had Sunday night where, honestly, I thought it was like the best of both worlds because maybe there was some kind of agreement in the first half where it was like, you take one quarter, we'll take the other. I don't care and then, even if there was. No. Good, you can do that right. every time. And, and they sort of had their fun. You saw a bunch of highlight plays and you saw some crazy dunks and you saw some step backs and you saw Trey Young putting it through James Harden's legs. And then the second half came. And right away, Giannis at the tone, right? And when you have that level of competitiveness from your league MVP, likely Mm -hmm. to be two-time MVP, I think that sort of permeates to everyone else. Certainly LeBron. And yeah, exactly. Because guess what? He's he's still trying to show that he's not the washed king, right? Mm -hmm. Whoever came up with that. Right. He still wants to show that he, he still, <laughs> he's still that's such like uh, he's still at the I'm, top of the I mountain. know I'm
0: old when people say that he's the washed king. I'm like, he is, <laughs> I I guess. Like I try to
1: fit in, and be cool. Yeah. And and then yeah, and then you get that fourth quarter where again everyone cares. And so these fans have put in their time, their money, everything into this, and then the players are giving it back. And that's the solution for the league going forward. All this talk about ratings, whatever it mm-hmm. is, whatever everyone you need to do. Whatever you need to do in these big moments, however long it may be, that level of investment needs to be there from the players on the court.
0: I'm really optimistic it's going to stay there because I think it's now like a standard bearer, where the next time this thing comes around, people are going to have expectations that it's good. And what, you're going to show up and not try in the fourth quarter? I actually think that, now what we've always been hearing which is that like seeing the last 10 guys on the floor that's supposed to mean something now it actually will like you're gonna have to play well earlier in the game if you're not a starter to ensure that you get a spot there you want to be with that like 40 minute quarter where it actually means something and you're playing for something in front of the fans this is the ways that i see it regressing and it not being as good one is if somebody gets hurt because that's always the danger of anything is like, yeah, somebody gets hurt. And then all of a sudden there's going to be a referendum about trying again. And you're like, ugh all right, fine. Yeah. But two is I've seen a lot of what we're about to do. And I wonder if guys end up hating it. And it becomes such a big thing that they push back and say, we don't want another moment where we're scrutinized. I, the next question I'm going to ask you is we're the right 10 guys on the floor to close the game. And I've seen from certain outlets and from like names as big as Bill Simmons to, and Rick Buecher, like, Legitimately having conversations about Giannis Antetokounmpo's play at the end of that that game, mm-hmm. where they're like, Giannis couldn't step outside and hit a three, and like he couldn't make guys better in some spots, and Kemba Walker, is he a choker, and James Harden, is he a choker, and we've seen this in the past from players in all kinds of different leagues, it's like, I think with football and the Pro Bowl, it's mostly about guys getting hurt. Like, you're not going to play an extra football game. Like, people, like, fix the Pro Bowl. It's, like, impossible. You can't have people play football at 75% speed and have it look good. Like, I'd rather watch XFL, which is sneaky good, actually. (laughs) Um, But guys don't want the added criticism. And I don't think that they want to go to an all-star game and all of a sudden their games are being nitpicked over. Mm. Especially since it goes, like... From the Sunday to what Thursday or Friday, yeah, where there's no games, which means that all what the else talking they heads talk about? have to talk about something. And instead of doing the predictive game, it's still fun to like break that down and be like, who did what, and did this matter, and what was this a picture of? And for Giannis Atenacumbo, I actually think that he, James Harden, and Kemba Walker have taken like legitimate shots from different people. Like they're like, what the hell? Yeah, we just tried an all star game, and now you're kind of crapping on us. Uh, you know what, screw this. Like, we're not having this. I hope that doesn't become the case, but are you concerned about that whatsoever? Because we're about to be complicit in it in like 10 seconds. So if you are, you're a hypocrite. I think,
1: <laughs> I think there is a the case for it. In terms yeah. of just looking out for it in the future, because you see it with the dunk contest, yeah, right. That's it. Why? Why has LeBron James never been in a dunk yeah. contest? Doesn't want to do it. They don't want to have the criticism. Exactly, right. So I could see that eventually being the case in the All Star Game if you know talking heads get into it and say, "Hey, Giannis wasn't taking shots from the mid range like he has in the regular season." Giannis Especially wasn't coming up from the three. Towns
0: and Trey Young and it's their Devin Booker. It's their All Star games. like that it's ruined. That's basically yeah. run the clock until those guys are <laughs> running the All Star Game.
1: Yeah, I think. Potentially down the line, it could be an issue. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think, again, it comes down to the guys at the top of the heap setting the tone. And if they just want to win and that's all it comes down to, they're not going to care. At the end of the day, these players have gotten to this stage by proving themselves against the best. So, sure, Giannis might take the criticism now, and he'll just say, hey, I got to be better in those moments. Because strategically, if you want to just move into it, you know, I'm looking at the five guys on the floor and saying the two guys that really provide spacing right now are Kyle Lowry and Kemba Walker. Mm-hmm. And Kemba you, was not. No, right? And Kemba so dribbled the ball you got a bounce. Yep. Yep. He's doing his best James Arden impersonation. Uh, so you had Joel Embiid, Siakam, and Giannis who don't really space the floor. And in today's NBA, When you have three guys that can't stretch it out to the three in high leverage situations, we've seen Siakam Mm -hmm. show a consistent shot this season. But in the biggest games, that three hasn't necessarily been trustworthy. It's true. And so in that game specifically, sure, there may have been better offensive options that would have helped you. Uh, Space the floor a bit more, maybe helped you get off a cleaner shot, and maybe you wouldn't have to have Joel M B just backing down LeBron James from the three-point line (laughs) into into the basket. It was fun to watch, Uh for sure, because there was nothing LeBron could do, and it's hard to sort of process that someone can physically sort of impose their will on LeBron, and so to see that was cool. But, yeah, from a strategic standpoint, yeah, those are three guys that don't space the floor, and it makes things difficult to operate, and... Those guys are going to take hits for that for, you know, the next couple of days. And hopefully we just get into the regular season and move on. And hopefully that's what it is, right? People just leave it at that. It was an all-star game where you're probably never going to see that amalgamation of talent defensively to go up against. And so the level to which you're exposed is never going to be higher.
0: That's my defensive who Nick Nurse said out there. And again, everyone grab your grain of salt. You did it. Okay, good. Because now I want to talk about whether or not, yeah, all the right 10 guys were on the floor at the end of it. I think if Nurse was doing it without bias, I think Siakam shouldn't have been there and it should have been Jimmy Butler. Like this season to me has been way more about Jimmy Butler carrying that Heat team or changing the ceiling of that Heat team. Like, look at, Bam is great. There's no doubt about it. One of the Heat storylines has been the emergence of Bam Adebayo as like a real all-star player. But really, so much of their season is when you watch them without Jimmy Butler versus with Jimmy Butler, they're just a completely different team. And if I wanted someone who could actually shoot, take over, make a big shot, and then also defend Kawhi Leonard, give me Jimmy Butler over Siakam, who did a good job defensively. Like, that's the case for Nurse, right, yeah. is that he could not match the firepower of what the other team was putting out there to close it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm going to go with these defensive studs. I'm going to go with a ton of length. I'm going to take away the basket. I'm going to force them to shoot threes. I'm going to force James Harden or Chris Paul to try and be the hero from distance or to have a LeBron James level shot where, like, yeah, he's shooting from the logo. I was yeah. like, God, that would have been amazing had he made that thing. Yeah. I thought that Embiid Giannis, the way Kemba had been playing were all defensible. Clearly, Kyle Lowry should have been out there. Like, I love that about Kyle that it actually made sense that if you really wanted to win, that he would be out there with that group of players. Yeah. Like I've seen fans complaining about how Trey Young didn't get enough minutes. I can promise you this, like promise you this if you're listening to this and disagree. If you ask LeBron James, hey, you don't have any point guards on your team right now. You can pick from Trey Young or Kyle Lowry to go make a championship run. Who are you going to take?
1: Oh, it's a no-brainer.
0: He doesn't even bat an eye. He's like, Kyle Lowry.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Kyle Lowry. Where do I sign? (laughs) Right. That wasn't a
0: Nick Nurse thing. Like the Nick Nurse thing was probably more Siakam than it Mm -hmm. was Lowry. So I would... I would say that I would have gone with Donovan Mitchell and Jimmy Butler and subbed out Kemba and Siakam.
1: Yeah. And knowing the way Nick Nurse likes to operate, I could see him just saying, I don't care what happens to Pascal here. Mm-hmm. He's going to gain so much from this experience yeah. of being out there. Which is so
0: weird to say, but that, I actually feel like that's true.
1: Yeah. That, that, you know what, I'll just leave him out there. Yeah, be with your peers. our team will be better for it.
0: Yeah, we need you to be with these guys so that you feel more comfortable on this stage with these other players. Exactly. I actually buy that. Like, I really do. I think that matters. Hey, you belong here. Yeah. Go back James Harden down and get us a bucket. Go to the free throw
1: line. Yeah. Miss one, but whatever. Yeah, and so, yeah, I think there's a completely plausible case to be made for Brandon Ingram or, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler, as you said, Mm -hmm. who's, again, you know, like a forward version of Kyle Lowry, right? He's going to make all the right plays He's going to compete the heck out of everything he has, right? Like, that that's the one thing he can always go back to. He's shooting 28% from three on this season. But at the end of the day, you know when it's winning time, he's someone you can count on. And so, yeah, probably if, if it were up to me, I'd have Jimmy out there mm-hmm. instead of Pascal because defensively— He's perfectly adept at guarding
0: any one of those guys. They just they were missing a shot maker. They were missing another guy who could just like space. Once Kemba was ice cold, right? It should have been cold-blooded. Hey, sabotage. Although maybe he was thinking if I bench Kemba, he's gonna want to come back and hurt me at some point. Like (laughs) I should like just leave this guy out there so his confidence continues to get sewered. At this point, like I'm not doubting anything when it comes to the, the line of thinking with Nick Nurse. But Nick, yeah. was, Nick
1: was galaxy-braining this whole thing.
0: Right, that's what I'm saying. But it just felt like they were missing a little bit of spacing and that they could have really used a guy who yeah. they could have kicked it to and would have hit one of those step-back threes where it's like, oh, you're going to crunch down in on Giannis cool. Like, Donovan Mitchell's going to knock down the shot. Jimmy Butler's going to knock down the shot. It was kind of telling that Lowry was getting the sh- the ball late in clocks and having to do what we've seen on the Raptors sometimes. And yep. anyone who's a Raptors fan is like, no, we don't even want that. <laughs> so definitely don't do that on a team <laughs> full of all stars where you're asking Kyle Lowry to like kind of do that move where he like dribbles into the paint and then kind of comes out and shoots a fadeaway over someone. Those are not high percentage looks. Um, so those would have been my two guys that I would have swapped out for the other team. The other team is, like, really, really interesting. Because, like, I think we can say that Russell Westbrook being on the bench was very appropriate. <laughs> There's <laughs> no debate. Russell Westbrook.
1: But In, in Russ's defense, though. He was he the worst been,
0: player in the All-Star game I think I've ever seen?
1: No, no, no. I mean, just going back to the Rockets, the stretch that he's had for the past month and a bit, and especially yeah, the past mm-hmm. seven, eight games since they've gone with this, you know, 6-6 six, six or under... Uh, lineup, mm-hmm. he's been an absolute monster. Like, he might be playing the best basketball he's ever played. Like, the efficiency he has at the rim right now. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think I saw a stat where, like, he's taken like nine threes or something in the last 10 games or something like that. And that's good. That's And, and the he's the taking way like 100 shots at the rim. Yeah. And so that is exactly what you want out of him. And he, he's also shooting like close to 70% at the rim. So I think what he's doing right now is special, but agreed. He didn't need uh, to be on the floor there. Congrats. To, close it out. to
0: Russell Westbrook, who is now in year eleven for figuring out when he's the second best offensive player on a team that he shouldn't take horribly contested deep threes and actually <laughs> go to the basket. Congrats, Russ. No, I'm really thrilled for you. Like amazing accomplishment. Uh the weird thing about like I don't think Sabonis has a case to be on the floor. Jokic played well, but you can't convince me Jokic over Anthony Davis. Like it's just no. that's not going down. Devin Booker, obviously, you were there just because it means more to you than anybody else. You emoed your way into the All Star game. Congratulations, Devin Booker. No, do not defend Devin now, Booker. Now,
1: if there was if there was one guy you wanted taking the shot when it came down to the end, it was Damian Lillard. Yes. I that's, mean, he would have pulled up from the logo and hit it.
0: That's it. Is that there was like I have recency bias because I just watched Tatum cook Kawhi Leonard in double overtime. So I'm like, damn, he could have been out there. But the fact that Chris Paul played over Damian Lillard and Ben Simmons at the end of that game. And I didn't think it was the wrong decision. And Luka Doncic, who I, I understand the Luka thing was a minutes restriction. You could have made the case for him. He should have been out there. Like, honestly, you could have made the case that he should have played over Chris Paul regardless. But Paul was like the Lowry of their team where it's like, you have the guy who's the undersized point guard who does like all the winning plays and does everything. I just thought it was kind of a tough look, even though like, it's just narrative stuff, but Russell Westbrook, you're right, is playing this incredible basketball, but he goes into the finals or into this big moment, and it's like he sucked, and then he has to sit on the bench for Chris Paul, who was like one of the guys you would have made the case for winning MVP of that game. Yeah. And he's out there with Harden, and he's like trying to do big things, and I'm like, he looks in place to me, and all I can think is like, was not there a way for the Lakers to have gotten you? Was there a way? like mm. If you're just another team in the league, and you knew that Chris Paul was out there, even with all his track record and all his history, I'm like... Damn, it would be really fun to have Chris Paul on a on a good team. Still, the idea yeah. that he's like washed and done, and what he's done this year in Oklahoma City has been yeah, it's it's been nothing short of incredible. So I think they they had the right five guys. Even though I would hear the case for how hot Damian Lillard is, that
1: well, he was out right. He, yeah, he wasn't going to play.
0: But yeah, but I'm just saying, like, had he been there, like, it's like yeah, put him in. No, he would have been guy. the guy that I would have said would have fit in there more. Last thing about this before I talk to you about dunk contest, where do you think Elam Ending is going to show up next?
1: Next, wow. Yeah. Um, the regular season, can <laughs> we just have first a 120 or whatever? You have to it is test in regular it. season. I think you test it in the G League, you test it in the G League, right? Yeah,
0: um, again, uh, I just talked to Sierra today, so that's why I have the but she, she wrote an article and said that they should try it in overtimes, and I think that's a great idea. Yeah, that's interesting. Start it in the G League overtimes, yeah, if it works and it doesn't seem too gimmicky and brutal move it to NBA overtimes, Mm -hmm. have it like hockey goes to three on three and hockey is fun three on three, but you can't change and overhaul the NHL and have it be three on three. Right. But if you put the Elam ending in as overtime and you made it like the set thing, I think people would love it. I think fans would like, who wouldn't, who wouldn't be texted saying, Hey, like that, uh, that game the other night, the Clippers Celtics game, which was awesome. It's hard for me to envision that it, you know, could be much better, but Hey, uh, Clippers need a three, to win this game. Yeah. Like Lou will is red hot. Is Kawhi going to let him shoot this? I just, I think it would be awesome. I don't see how it doesn't work. And the other place would be if they ever do this play in tournament or this, like have the play in games with Elam ending.
1: So I don't know if you remember this, but at the Las Vegas summer league a few seasons ago, every overtime game was first bucket wins. And I don't remember
0: that because (laughs) I'm unfortunately one of the only people in the NBA community (laughs) who doesn't care at all about summer league. I don't go. I'm sure it's great. But like, it was, the people who watch games and are like, man, Mark Fultz, you see that game? I'm like, yeah, it's a Summer League game.
1: <laughs> it's a scrimmage. I hear it. Yeah. I hear it. But it was one of those crazy things where it was like, oh, wow, the first bucket wins here. And it was just crazy to watch because now everyone's hip is just so important. Yeah. Right. And so obviously, I don't think you go all the way there with that. Um, but yeah, first two, whatever it is, uh, uh, 10 points, whatever it might be in an overtime. I guess that you figure out what the average score is yeah. or that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. you play to that. Um, obviously I think, I think it's as just a long term regular season, uh, you know, f- over 48 minutes or whatever it may be. I don't think that's an optimal option just because you're going to have advertisers saying, Hey, you know, because part of why that fourth yeah, quarter no works so well, yep, right? Everyone was engaged and you don't have to worry about going to commercial. You, you try to bring that to a regular season over the course of the four quarters there's a lot of people who are going to have issues with, Hey, when are we going to get our our airtime for commercials and this, but they're
0: starting to get creative with like ads that run during play. You know what I mean? Like a little bit of, right. Right. Like if there's a timeout called or something, you flash the thing up on the screen quickly, like just stuff like that. I think that like you ever watch golf the way that it is golf. It's not like you can do it the same way in a basketball game, but like when they're walking hole to hole, they'll like throw up an ad, but you can stay with the coverage and it's like, okay, cool. Like, I'm just saying I I trust the advertisers to figure figure out a a a workaround for something like this. The tricky one is that I mentioned the load management era that we live in and that game being 40 minutes. You don't know how many minutes you're playing.
1: Yeah. If it uh, it does come to the
0: reason three on three isn't longer in the NHL is because the players are saying we don't want to gas out from playing 10 minutes three on three. It's really hard to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: NBA could be the same way. They're like, yeah, man. um, No, we're not playing for an extra 10 points that could take us another 45 minutes of gameplay. You're adding X amount of games to the season. This has to change CBA, blah, 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 go on down the line. It's why if I think they do it in an overtime or in a G League or even in this, you know, for playing games of the mid-season tournament, it has to be a super low number. Mm-hmm. It has to be, like I said, five or six where it's like two scoring possessions. A couple buckets, yeah. Yeah, like closer to that G League idea rather than like what did they – 24 is – I don't think we're ever going to see 24 again. Let's just put that as 42 minutes. like (laughs) that was a lot. 42 or 24 seems like a lot of uh, time. So I think that ends up being the big change. Uh, I didn't like the three point contest. Do ball. I don't care (laughs) if I lose the do sponsorship. I'm sorry. I just thought it was, I don't care who's the best at the Steph Curry shot. I care about who's the best three point shooter. Um, I think that generally if you go through the history of the league, like it actually does give you like a pretty solid representation of like who should be there. And then, who wins it. Like the best guys who have been the best three point shooters in the history of the game all win that thing. Um, That means something. So switching it up and now like, you know, having that do ball thing, I just, it was pretty clear that like some guys are obviously way better at that. If you're big, like Bertans. Yeah. It's going to be an easier shot for you to make. Like you're not going to gas out as much. So Stupid advantage. Remove that immediately. Guys also clearly didn't practice for it because they were, like, running by it countless times. Right, Guys who had already done the course, they're like, right, do ball. Damn it. Yeah. I've done a billion three-point competitions in my life. You think guys who are in the NBA three-point competition haven't done, like, 10 billion of these things at every tournament they've ever played in, in their lives? Go back to the regular thing. It didn't need a tweak. Um Agree or disagree? Did you like the do ball? Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Do ball, one-off experiment. Like, that's it. Just have yeah. a separate... Thing do ball yeah. like just have a s- separate
1: Steph sure. Curry contest where it's Steph and Damian Lillard and
0: I didn't watch skills but just put it there yeah. like it seems pretty clear like whoever can
1: I was I will say with the with the skills competition I was disappointed that obviously I'm happy Pascal Siakam beat Patrick Beverly but I was disappointed that Beverly just didn't go over to the other side and try to defend him I thought that's what we were gonna get again I I didn't see the skills <laughs> I'll put a hand up like I I am a.
0: What time is the three-point competition on that's when i start watching the all-star game like i don't right. watch anything friday unless there's an incredible celebrity like i with milos raonic or when uh uh usain bolt and i love Tio, how you went
1: from incredible celebrity to. Milos well like
0: raonic. sorry like athlete celebrities <laughs> to me like I, I care about that like i don't care about like okay great um no duh like there are actors and actresses and musicians who have all this time on their hand that they can get a uh, Passable handle to be able to score on Kevin Hart Like I'm just not that impressed Right. What I like are the Arnie Duncans who like actually Played their whole lives yeah. and they like have this yeah. moment Where they can actually get to hoop or Unbelievable athletes From cross sports who also like To try their hand at this like Andre deGrasse or Usain Bolt or Terrell Owens I'm, I'm like can you dunk? Are you going to try to dunk? How good can you dunk? Can you shoot? Can you pull back? I've seen Quavo in a million Instagram videos. Instagram basically thinks that I want to watch Quavo play basketball way more than I actually want to see Quavo play basketball. Like, I get it. Like, he's fine. Like, he's a fine basketball player. Um, I don't care, Instagram. Like, stop promoting Quavo playing basketball. Like, I've seen him play. It's, yeah. it's reached its saturation point for me. Dunk Contest
1: so we've got some new things for you this NBA season and no it's not just Terrence Davis playing so well we have a newsletter that will break that down and so much more our weekly newsletter from NBA editor Stephen Leung it gives you original content opinion analysis you can't find it anywhere else and it is delivered directly to you right in your inbox sportsnet.ca slash newsletters just subscribe and we got you
0: You're right. We already nailed it. You nailed it. Like Gordon tried. He put an effort in. There's no way he should have won just because he had the best grouping of dunks. Like if you go one through the end, Gordon was the best dunker. He did things that we haven't seen before. He was awesome. The taco fall dunk was obviously like to not know that you're going to dunk over taco fall. And then could you imagine being a human being who looks at taco fall and thinks like, I'll just jump over you without any preparation <laughs> and throw a ball through a cylinder. Like, yeah. I would be scared to try to run through Taco Fall's legs.
1: And and that's the other thing, too, right? That dunk. It's unbelievable. It's, it's unimaginable People take the NBA to, for granted. to think that, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go do this. Yeah. On top of that, he's saying, I'm going to do this after I've already done it four or five other dunks. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, and I he's know. saying. I'm tired. You know, it's a lot easier to do that with. You know, the second dunk or where you've got, you know, maybe one dunk in and it's like, okay, now you're warmed up. But now you're at the end, man. Your your legs are done at this point. dude. And he jumped right over him. I mean, I know people are going to, you know, say, oh, he didn't fully jump over him, this and that. You look at that. He did. The, his hands the, hands the only point where Taco Fall actually starts to go down is mm-hmm. when, like, Gordon's already dunking yep. the ball.
0: And it's his hands that clip Gordon. Yeah. It's his hands that he keeps up there for too long. I just, I've had days where... Like I want to run up the stairs at the subway station, but then I see that there's like a clear path and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just going to take the escalator and walk up. (laughs) there. It's like for Aaron Gordon to just like look at his life and just be like, taco fall. Like I'll just jump over you to win the dunk contest. It's, uh, it, like I can't believe that's a thing a person could think. Like, and he like, wanted just, to jump
1: over Shaq. First. I know
0: he probably. The sad Shaq thing is, was he, like,
1: no, I can't have this. You know, going viral on YouTube. Not only
0: that, me Shaq, Shaq is over. in commercials for like how his back hurts. Yeah. Like I don't want a guy jumping over me. Like Icy Hot doesn't have the technology to fix Aaron Gordon putting a knee in the back of your head. Yeah. So yeah, um, Sha- like Aaron Gordon deserved to win. He's done two of the best dunks I've ever seen. He's he's had two of. I think if you take
1: the top... Like, I'm going back to 2016. Oh, yeah, obviously. but
0: I'm just saying if you take the... If you put the top 10 dunks of all time, yeah. Aaron Gordon is on there at least twice. Yeah. At least twice. Minimum, yeah. I think that he's probably there three times.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's with Vince
0: Carter being there for, like, at least two. Because,
1: okay, so it's obviously uh, the catch off the side of the backboard yep. from Foles, Uh shouts to being like, hey, I need a guy that can... Hit the side of the backboard just right, Markel Foles. Come help me out. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. and who will look like he cares the least? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about this thing. And, and so, yeah, to cup that perfectly, uh-huh. do the three sixty windmill. Yep, and make it look as smooth as he did was incredible. Then you go back to twenty sixteen. It's obviously the under the legs. Under the
0: legs is is truly one of this is. People are going to be mad. I think under the legs is way better than any dunk Vince Carter ever did. To I think me, it, the most impressive uh, Vince Carter dunk is the hanging of the elbow in the rim. Yeah. I Not a lot of people agree with me. I think it is. And uh, I believe Michael Jordan said that's the best dunk mm-hmm. of all time. So yeah. for anyone who wants to get in the mentions about how his other dunks are better, go at Michael Jordan, yeah. all right? Go like, talk to the goat. He That's who said it. Yeah. Um, but I do think the elbow dunk is his best one. And it's like, yeah, that's not beating Aaron Gordon. Being a six foot nine guy, yeah. who's going and like t- I didn't even know you could be that flexible. Like again, it's just one of those superhuman things where I'm just thinking, I, I sometimes pull a hamstring tying my shoes. Um, I get, t- <laughs> like I'm not, I just can't <laughs> believe aliens would come down to earth and look at Aaron Gordon and me and they'd be like, what is he? And what are you? I'd yeah. be like, we're humans. They'd be yeah. like, what, uh, what's the classification? Yeah. I'd be like, he's just
1: taller. That's all just bad <laughs> luck for genetics.
0: Uh, it doesn't make any sense. He's a different species. Um, I think Kenny should just be the judge.
1: And then, so the other dunk that I want to throw in there oh, right. is, um, the mascot spinning. Yes. The timing. the ball. The timing The of timing that. to take that ball. And again, going back to, remember, Shaq had it right in 2016 where he was like, hey, if you don't make it on the first try, mm-hmm. there's no way it can be a 10. Mm-hmm. And that's what made that 2016 dunk contest so special. The fact that Zach Levine and Gordon were going out and doing these dunks on their first attempt and nailing them. It was perfect.
0: Yeah. That, 2016 is still the better dunk contest to me. This one is close, yeah, but agreed. 2016 was better. Um, I just think they have to get rid of the the way the judges are. Like I get the appeal of like the people holding up the tens and the, the back and forth they get to have on the, cause there's a lot of dead time still. Right. And you have right. to be able to talk and banter with people. I just think either this is kind of my problem with the Dwayne Wade thing. I don't mind. It, I get it. People are like up in arms and blah, 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 blah. I kind of am though, because the NBA basically told you for forever that the dunk contest is the highlight is the crown jewel of the weekend. And then they want guys to come. They're like mad when LeBron James doesn't show up for these things and we criticize him for never doing it. But then Dwayne Wade can just like cheat and have a guy win. And then we're being told like, well, you're stupid for caring. It's like, all right, but then let's pick a lane here. Either this is like super fun and anybody can win and it doesn't mean anything, or it actually means a lot. And let's figure out a way to judge this thing properly. Let's just get Kenny Smith to judge the dunk contest and have him do or the like the TNT panel, but give them a, a decimal system because those guys don't care. Right. Like they're not going to be influenced by like I felt bad for what or they just and give Bosman? Score, right? What's the name of Black Panther Chadrick Boseman.
1: Yeah, he he looked like he was somewhere else. He
0: looked uh,
1: <laughs> very much like, can, like a guy that's who the would, nicest way I can put it
0: like I am I going to get in trouble if I feel like I'm like. That guy had a, something in his system that day. Like he looked not present. He like, was like he was there, but he wasn't kind of situation. Every
1: time they'd go to Candace Parker and Dwayne Wade and yeah. and Scottie Pippen having these crazy reactions. Know, this is my envision. Like jaw drop. Yeah, every time Chad's just like, <laughs> <laughs> no. And that guy obviously
0: has like the reason why is like we've seen him in other stuff. We've seen him on the sidelines before. We saw Oladipo do the Black Panther dunk and like come up and interact with him. Like he obviously has personality. So like <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. It looked like someone shot him with a tranquilizer dart right before he had to do that thing. <laughs> like Someone's trying to rig it and knock him out. There's like a reserve somewhere that spiked his drink. He was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And they just never got in there because somehow he survived the entire thing. Oh man, He did not party that night. That's my guess, is that that was the end of the night for uh, For yeah. Chad. It yeah. was like, uh, get the car. I'm going to the hotel. Yeah. I overindulged. <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there, man. Like We've all been there. It was time to go. Yeah. That was a wrap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think that they have to do decimal system first of all. Like, Just give it the thing. Let fans still hold up signs. Like That doesn't get lost in it. Like You don't need to give fans 8.7. They can still hold 9.10 or whatever and give you some indication of where they're at. But just have it in a way where there's a... Panel that's all going to kind of take it seriously to a certain degree and people who are not going to be influenced by, oh, my God, I have a movie to sell. I better give tens across the board here for the entire competition or maybe like a guy who was just a guy's teammate and obviously wanted to win and then screwed everybody over because he didn't want to sit in the panel anymore. Yeah. Why did he play it that way? Like, he's like, I'm not the only guy who said there was nines. It's like, every one of your other panelists said there was an agreement. It's pretty clear even that the fact that the last two people were nines, that they just made the math simple, like, all right, who's doing this? Like, us last two are going to do nines, the rest are going to do tens. I don't know why he wouldn't just own up to it and be the heel. Like, yeah. if maybe there's legal reasons for this, like, he could get sued from gamblers or... I, I, like, maybe. I, I maybe. genuinely don't know, but it felt, felt so weird that he's laughing in the video, he's smirking, like, his... The people look at him like, I can't believe you did that to the dunk contest. Everyone's mad. At first, I just thought he didn't want to be disliked, that Wade loves being loved. And so he didn't want to be the villain. I'm like, what? No, can't be that. He's used to having that in his life. Yeah. It has to be some type of thing where someone came up to him and was like, as his manager, like, never admit this publicly. Like, yeah, no. we, we don't I'm, want people saying I'm that you sure rigged for money.
1: It. I'm sure that's Because it. it is something you yeah, can put on. Yeah, you're right. So if you I just bet go out it. there, yeah. yeah. If, if you just go out there and say, "Yeah," I bet on Pat Connaughton, know, and that was I mistake. wanted my former teammate to win it. And so, uh, I think the thing that really rubbed me the wrong way was him saying, "Oh, you know, in a couple of years, Aaron Gordon's going to look at, back at this and not care." Yeah, like, I didn't like that. He's and, speaking
0: for him, and he was obviously upset in the moment.
1: Yeah, he was obviously upset about it. Yeah, and after his press conference, he like ripped his jersey off. Mm-hmm. He said, "I'm never doing this again." He, he felt like he should kind have kind of a bit of a crybaby trophies. moment, I will say. A little bit In like, the moment, I get it.
0: Yeah, I just like...
1: Like to have it done to him twice.
0: I know, but the first time he wasn't robbed, like the first time the arguably greatest actual dunker so far ever beat you right. in a dunk-off that went down to the wire. I thought he should have won that dunk contest, but sure, I'm just saying it wasn't a robbery. This is like when... Did you watch UFC? Like when there's a UFC fight where it comes down to very, very close, you have things that are considered robberies and you have things that are like, okay, well, I can actually at least see how they came to this conclusion. You got to beat right. the champ, all those other cliches. Right. That one was kind of like you got to beat the champ to be the champ moment, to beat Zach Levine. I could see the case even though I was on Team Gordon. Right. This one was like... It's impossible not to look at the net result of dunks and say Aaron Gordon didn't have the better performance. Like, I'm sorry. He had 50s. Every single one of his dunks was a 50 until the one where they rigged it so that he wouldn't be a 50. But it actually had a case to be, like, more of a 50 than some of the other dunks, considering the circumstances that you outlined. Yeah. So... You can't have a guy do an all-50s performance like that and lose. You don't want to have a guy be embarrassed and lose because then it just, like, yeah, it incentivizes guys from coming down the line. They just they have to figure out a way that guys want to come out. Like you said, the theme of the weekend is how do you get guys to try? And having Dwayne Wade make a mockery of your event at the very end of it is just, it's not the way to do it. No. Because you're saying one of the game's best players ever thinks this is a joke. Yeah. Like, I think this is a joke, and I don't think Aaron Gordon cares. And if he thinks that... There's guys in the league right now who probably look up to Dwayne Wade. And I'm not saying wrongfully so. I'm just saying that they would look at that and be like, oh, right, of course. It's not cool to care. Yeah. And you don't want that. So fix the dunk contest. That's I mean, Aaron
1: Gordon might have fixed it. I, th- I I like his idea of you just go back to the first round and take the scores from there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. That's totally fine. It's hey, like total cumulative score. And that's the, that's the tiebreaker if you can't settle it at the end. Because, yeah, exactly. they can't. It does get ridiculous. That's what I mean. It's like, it does get ridiculous when they're like, and one more dunk. And you're like, no, they can't dunk forever. They actually, again, I said they're not humans in the same way that like you and I are humans, but they do bleed and they can perish. So it's like, that's the end of that. Yeah. Um, All right. Do we have any more all-star game thoughts? Did I miss anything here? Or did we cover all the bases? No. Oh, I have one more. What's up? Seriously. I'm not even kidding. Where does Kyle Lowry's taking a charge on Kawhi Leonard rank in terms of like the things you'll remember this Raptors season for? Rank,
1: is it top five? Right now, it is. Yeah, it definitely me too. is. Uh, I'm not kidding. It was incredible. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, they, again, you talk about the competitiveness of the game. Who better to showcase that than Kyle Lowry and to have so it be on Kawhi, him to exhibit? And when we talked about this. Earlier, like he could have had the hat trick of all hat tricks mm-hmm. of charges, yeah, right? He should have. He, he he pulled one on the leading scorer in the game, James Harden. He pulled one on Finals MVP Kawhi Leonard. He, he should have had one on the face of the game, LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for him to compete the way he did, um, we talk about Giannis setting the tone, but Lowry was right there with him. I agree. The third quarter finishes,
0: and it was Kyle Lowry that was running their offense, playing hard on defense yep. and giving a crap. Yep. He was kind of the, you know, original, hey, we're going to actually try here and win, intentionally fouling, you know, it was he was great. Yeah. I think I said this to you before, so sorry if I'm repeating myself, no. but if there's one skill that you say like if there's something Kyle Lowry's elite at, it's hustle and getting the most out of his abilities. And if he's especially that one trait of that, it's taking charges. And Raptors fans actually do take pride in Kyle Lowry's attitude that he'll sacrifice his body that way, that he's this like diminutive guy by NBA standards, that he'll step in front of Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and willingly let those guys run through his body and fall backwards. And again, part of it is that Kyle Lowry has an elite ass. And so he falls back on that massive cushion. It's like when you go snowboarding for the first time and they offer you the as pad, which you shouldn't get. It's embarrassing for anyone that's considering snowboarding someday. Total (laughs) Bush League move. Just wear it. Just wear the pain. But he basically has the human version of that, so he can yep. absorb the charge. But man, I just thought it was cool as hell. Yeah. And I I was shockingly proud in that moment to be like, that's our guy. Like, that's the guy the Raptors have, baby, the charge guy. I don't care. I don't care if it's lame. I just thought it was awesome. And yeah, when you remind me of like the 2020 season, I'm gonna think about the winning streak. I'm gonna think about Siakam's emergence. I'm gonna think about Norm Powell's hot streak. I'm going to think about Serge Ibaka basically being like uh contract year Ibaka walking 18 and 10. I'm going to think about Lowry never aging. This group's resilience, Nick Nurse, all these things, right? And the stretch run that we're just about to talk about is like t- TBD. But there's just no way that I'm not going to be like, and that was the great all-star game where Lowry took the charge on Kawhi. And any Raptors fan who watched that, like, I don't care. You, if you're... A real Raptors fan, when he took that charge, you did one of the, like, Tiger Woods. like, you know, uh, like No doubt. Yeah, like, no you did a thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you didn't, it's, like, that's the automatic fan test. It's, like, you're out. Like, it's, like, the what do they do now? The TikTok dance? You try to, like, <laughs> emulate it? It's, like, if you're doing I'm the not, Raptors I'm fan. I'm not even going to get into I the
1: TikTok stuff from the weekend, man. <laughs> I
0: still don't really know who those girls are, despite seeing all the videos. It's, like, they're girls who do a dance on TikTok. That's what I know. Who
1: also stole the dance from someone else, apparently.
0: Oh, drama.
1: Yeah. Drama! <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think just to go back to that Lowry charge, I yeah. think what made it so special for Raptors fans too is Raptors fans always want um, sort of that acknowledgement that you know that their guys are being recognized. And so I think what added to it was all the guys from the bench yeah. y- seeing Giannis, seeing Embiid get pumped up mm-hmm. by him taking that charge and be like, yeah, yeah. we got the guy that's going to do this.
0: Guys care about guys who care. Yep. I mentioned it already that the second half in terms of the regular season mattering is pretty obvious at this point. Like, you avoid the Bucks, and until the very end. You have home court advantage in the second round. It's huge. Like, getting this is huge. Uh, this is all I'm going to say about it before I move on. Is just that the Raptors have the 10th most difficult schedule down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I was looking at it the other day. I don't have it in front of me anymore. I should have, um, seeing as I have my screen open. But... I think it's March. They have this stretch where it's like Lakers, Rockets, two bucks games. Uh, it's, it's loaded. It's basically like there's one let up game for like two weeks or three weeks in March, yep. but basically they've got like an eight out of 10 game stretch where it's against the best teams in the league. That's really going to determine for the Raptors. This, the next coming stuff up here a little bit, there's going to be the Bucks game that feels important, but the Celtics have the eighth toughest schedule. So I feel like whoever actually gets this thing is going to be deserving And you're actually going to be able to draw something from it like, hey, you will know more about the Raptors and the Celtics heading into the playoffs more than anybody else because they have stakes and they're playing high-level competition.
1: Yep. And you look at this stretch that's coming up right now, the reason it's important for the Raptors is because the Celtics have it tough. Yeah. And then it flips, right? So the Raptors, you know, if the Celtics slip up, they need to make sure they have that cushion going into their March stretch where it is going to be difficult for them. Like you said, they play the Nuggets, they play the Lakers, they've got all these tough matchups coming up. And so uh, it's really important to take care of business right now. I know, obviously, they just did with a 15 game win streak. Oh, but the fact that they, they went, needed it. Exactly. The fact that they went on a 15 game win streak and the Celtics are what, two games back in the loss column?
0: Mm-hmm. They're two games back, but I can't stop thinking about the nice swing it would have been had they just taken care of business against the Nets Mm. and the Clippers have beaten the Celtics in what was a double overtime game that was so close. Like basically I wondered if like Lou Williams had an opportunity that game where he got fouled on an N1 from three at the very end of the game. The Celtics still would have had one more possession to go off and win it. But if they just call that differently, it's like, damn it. That was like, these are important games for Raptors fans. So it's fun to watch the Celtics play to hope they lose right now. And it's also great to watch the Raptors game because again, they're the most entertaining team in the NBA from like a, what you're going to get from an effort level standpoint on a night in night basis. But yeah, Raptors fans, like you get a run here. Like you get a run where not to overstate this, but it really does feel like getting that two seed, not only again, so important for avoiding the Bucks, getting to Eastern conference finals, all these things is like validating the run from last year and putting the final stamp on that. Like, Everyone still looks at that Raptors run, like it or not, Raptors fans, as you had Kawhi Leonard, he hit a shot, one of the greatest shots of all time, and you ran into a Bucks team that wasn't ready, and then you beat a Warriors team that wasn't having anybody. It's not an asterisk title, it's not like that, there's been other ones like it, again, history will change that narrative to a degree, just like it has with the Warriors title where they beat the Cavs that didn't have Kyrie and didn't have Kevin Love. Yep. Like, second best player on that team is like Matthew Delavadova trying to injure Steph Curry. Like, that's his impact in that series. People tend to forget this stuff as time moves on, and then you just end up with the title. But from a league-wide standpoint, no one thought the Raptors would be here. Mm-hmm. No one thought they had a shot. This is their opportunity to, to, like, actually prove that they're contenders and not just, like, a regular season good team. It starts with this stretch, and... It just, it feels like, not that you're playing for two championships. That's overly dramatic. It's not like the Astros thing. But you do feel like you're playing for more than just a regular season standing or for trying to get into an Eastern Conference Finals. Like, this feels weighty.
1: Yeah, because obviously there is sort of a pressure that comes off these players when they've got a title now to validate themselves. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, with Kawhi gone, this is a chance for them to say, hey, we're not just regular season kings and Kawhi was the reason we were able to do what we did in the playoffs, right? When the playoffs come, they're going to show or they're going to have to show that this is where it matters. This is where we can perform. And so if they can separate themselves and say, hey, even without Kawhi, we can figure out ways to win these high leverage games, these high level leverage situations, then that takes them to another stratosphere. Mm-hmm. right and so I think Marcus, Saul, Kyle Lowry you know even Pascal Siakam even though he he's in the early stages of his career Fred Van Vliet guess what some people are on the internet yesterday saying that it was just an outlier that he got ridiculously hot after having a baby and all of a sudden you, I mean that's not true but that. like watch him this year yeah like and yeah. But, but the things that people have talked about this regular season where you saw the games against Philadelphia specifically where he struggled in a playoff series against Philadelphia last year. Mm-hmm. And so he worked on extending his range so that all these lengthy wing guys can't get out to him as quickly. And we saw that game against Philadelphia where he hit those clutch threes to close them out. Mm-hmm. Can he do that again in the postseason? And so all these sort of knick-knack sort of things that people want to poke at the Raptors, this postseason is going to be the opportunity for them to shut all of that down.
0: Yeah, this postseason and this run. Because again, the one thing the Raptors haven't done with consistency this season is beat good teams. Like, they just haven't. they got a mixed bag when it comes to when they've played these teams, and you can point to like their level of health or whatever. But it's just a fact. They've run up that record against a lot of bad teams. They beat the Pacers twice. They beat... uh, who else they beat that was of consequence the Sixers
1: they beat OKC uh, they beat
0: OKC like there's yeah. some good teams in there but it wasn't yeah. the class of the NBA and certainly like the Sixers are banged up too so like if they really are going to tr- try to like prove their fans that watching playoffs is going to me- mean a real real damn more than just like hey we did it we made it here you didn't think we could beat some good teams win some meaningful games on the stretch lock up that two seed give people a reason to believe um, this was great I, I always of. appreciate you coming in um, yeah yeah we talked for an hour about an all-star game yeah I think that's pretty significant <laughs> this is a big moment for nba all-star history yeah. again subscribe to this podcast share it on twitter share it wherever you get it i mean whatever it is that you can do do those things uh we always appreciate it and uh we'll talk to you next week